Good morning. How are y'all today? Good. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm excited uh, to have the opportunity to speak to you this morning. I wanted to start off, uh, first off this morning, by, um, by pointing out that I feel like uh, the last three weeks have just been probably the most moving three weeks of my entire life. And I want to thank you for something. I've been overwhelmed with how this church has loved, prayed, reached out to the families of this church. I've stood in awe of how um, you've supported one another and us and myself. And, and, you know, it's one of those deals where, for, I, I, guess, I guess the best way to describe it is, is like, as a pastor of this church, or one of the pastors of the church, you believe that that's who we are. You know, you pray that that's the kind of church we are, that we're the right kind of church, that, you know, we respond a certain way. And then to watch you do it, though, has been unbelievable. And uh, so I want to thank you for that. Thank you for being who you are. I've, I've just, all week, I've just been thinking about how much I love you, and I do. Um, Ronnie asked me last Sunday, he said, uh, Tim, you know, uh, he said, would you be willing to... Um, speak Sunday. Would you be willing to, to preach? And I said, yeah, man, absolutely. And I'll be honest with you guys, I knew Ronnie was taxed, and I hope you don't get mad at me for saying that, but he was wore out. And uh, this gave him an opportunity to focus on some families and, and to just focus on God. And, uh, and so I told him, I said, you mean you give me an opportunity to talk? Of course I'll take that opportunity. Y'all know I like to talk. So uh, Sunday, he asked me on Sunday after church, I said, sure, Sunday night I sat down, flipped my Bible, I, I never do this, I always have just like, you know, 10 or 12 things that I've thought of in my back pocket, you know, that I'm like, man, I'd like to share with the church, and, but this, this particular Sunday, I, or the last Sunday, I did something different, I just flipped open my Bible, and I read a Bible story, and I have not deviated from that story since I read it, it's the first thing I read in the Bible, so it's kind of been cool. Uh, I sat there and I kind of read the story. I thought about it for 24 hours. And the following night, Monday night at 1 a.m., sitting in the same chair, I went, I know what God wants me to say. And so all week I've just been waiting. Since Monday, or I guess it would be Tuesday morning at 1 a.m., I've just been waiting to tell you what God told me. Uh, So if you will, turn your Bibles to John chapter 9. And I'm going to tell you a story. In John chapter 9, Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples and he is ministering to people. And he's traveling around, and he and his disciples happen upon a blind man, a, and he was begging. I don't know how you envision this, but I just imagine the man sitting there. He's leaned up against the wall of a house or a wall or whatever, and he's sitting there. And Jesus and his disciples see him. Now, somehow, they know a little bit of his background. Maybe some of the disciples knew him or knew of him or whatever. And the disciples uh, knew that this man was actually born blind. And so this raised a, what we would call a theological conundrum up to the disciples. This man was born with this affliction. And so they asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, why, is he, why was he born blind? Was it because his parents sinned? Or was it because he was going to sin later on in his life? Is this a punishment of some sort? In other words, what they're asking is, what did he do to deserve this? Or what did someone else do for him to deserve this? Why did this bad thing happen to him? And so Jesus, 
is going to answer the question right here. And I want, you, I want to read this verse. I'm going to tell the story for the most part, but I may jump in, in a little bit. But in verse 3, I want you to read this with me because it's so powerful. In verse 3, Jesus begins, he said, It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered. Read this sentence with me now. This happened so the power of God could be seen where? In him. Whoa. Hold the phone. Let's make sure you see that. Jesus said, this happened so that the power of God could be seen where? In this blind man. Think about what the disciples are sitting there thinking. The disciples are going, hey, we, gotta, we need to talk about this. This man was born blind. Why did this terrible thing happen to him? And Jesus goes, I'll tell you why. You see it as a terrible thing, but I'm telling you. That happened to him so that the power of God could be seen in this man. In this blind beggar. You're going to see the power of God. So once Jesus had obviously handled this with the disciples, he had answered them. Jesus continued. He said, as a matter of fact, it's time for me to get to work. So Jesus walks over to the blind man. He approaches him. Something amazing is about to happen. Do you guys agree? Something amazing. Shake your heads yes. If you, something amazing is about to happen. Okay? Jesus walks up to the blind man. Blind man, I just imagine him sitting there, and Jesus, you just have to imagine this with me, okay? Jesus is standing there, and then Jesus kneels down. And he gets a handful of dirt. And then he spits in the dirt. Okay? Y'all don't look near as weirded out as I was, okay? <laughs> All right? He spits in the dirt. He spits in this handful of dirt. Enough to turn it into what is called mud in the Bible. Okay? That's a good bit of spit. Okay, just make sure we all sit. Let's make sure we all get that. See, y'all try to act like Jesus ain't country, you know? Oh, y'all, Jesus literally picked up a handful of dirt, spit in it, and he's about to rub some dirt in it. Okay? That's as country as you can get. All right? Jesus does this. He's got it. And then he takes the blind man's face into his hands. And he rubs this mud in his eyes. And he just cakes it on real good in the blind man's eyes. Everybody's just smiling at me right now. It's funny. He rubs the mud in the blind man's eyes. And then he says something to the blind man. He says, all right, here's what I want you to do. He said, go for a walk. To the south end of Jerusalem, there's a pool. It's called the Pool of Siloam. I want you to get in that pool. And I want you to wash now right, we got to stop for a second. Because there's some things i got to point out. Jesus just rubbed dirt, mud, in a blind man's eyes and then told him he needs to go wash. I need, to, I, need you to, I need you to make sure you see this for what it is. Because sometimes I think we read these Bible stories and we go, oh, cool. And then we move on. So I want you to do something with me, okay? We're going to have a little illustration time. First of all, close your eyes. All right? Nobody's going to poke you or do something bad to you, okay? Just trust. If you don't trust the person you're left or right, move. All right? Everyone close your eyes. Because I want you to visualize this, but I also want you to experience some of this, okay? First of all, all you've ever known, we're going to put yourself in the blind man's shoes, all you've ever known is darkness. You were born this way. What you see right now is what he sees. You've grown up your whole life to become a beggar. 
Your situation up to this point in your life can best be described as helpless or hopeless. I'm sure you've been examined. I'm sure you've been studied over. I'm sure all kinds of doctors have tried to help you. I'm sure you've tried everything. I'm sure your parents tried everything to no avail. I'm sure religious leaders, the Pharisees, have walked up in front of you numerous times. And you could hear them talking about why this must have happened to you. But no one's ever helped you. No one's ever healed you. Keep your eyes closed now, I'm telling you. No one's ever helped you. No one's ever healed you. But you have heard of this man, this new guy that's around. His name is Jesus. You've heard about him. You've heard some crazy things. You've heard, some, you know, you've heard he's done some crazy things. And then all of a sudden you hear that he's in your town. All of a sudden you hear this great hubbub. It's a normal day. You start it like any other day. You're leaned against the wall. You're begging for someone to just give you some money so that you'll have something to eat. You're in your spot, your normal spot, the spot that you've been in for years and years and years. And all of a sudden you hear all of this hubbub coming down the street. And you kind of pick up on the fact that it's Jesus. Then all of a sudden, Jesus is having this conversation with his, with his disciples off to the side there, and you hear him. Then you hear somebody walking towards you. You can hear their footsteps. Then all of a sudden, you hear him run his fingers through the dirt. And then you hear him spit. Again and again. And then all of a sudden, you feel a hand come around the back of your head, and you feel a cool mud being rubbed in your eyes. And then he tells you something. You hear him speak for the first time. This is the first time he speaks, guys. And he says, hey, I need you to go to the pool of Siloam, and I need you to wash. I need you, the blind man, to go for a walk. At no point did Jesus promise him anything. At no point did Jesus say, hey, my name's Jesus. I'm here to, to heal you, so let's get started. Maybe you would say it was implied by what he was doing, rubbing the mud in your eyes, but Jesus never said, go, wash in the pool and you shall see. He just said, go. Look at me. Is that enough for you? To go do what he said. I'll be honest, I thought about this a lot this week. I said, if I, if this, if I was the blind man, would I, would I do it? Would I have done what Jesus said? Would I have I went to the pool like he asked me to? I don't know. But apparently for the blind man, it was enough. He got up, trudged his way, made his way to the pool. And if you know anything about this, I'm not going to go into great detail of it, but it's, I'm sure he had to move through a bunch of people to get to the water. And you may see it however you want to see it, but he almost did a cannonball in my mind. Okay. He jumps in the pool up to his waist. And all of a sudden the blind man, he begins grabbing the water and he begins rubbing him, rubbing the water in his eyes and he can feel the mud flaking off of it. Then all of a sudden a flash of light goes through his eyes. I think it startled him. I think it scared him. I think he steps back from it like, what was that? Because you've got to remember, it's the first time he's ever seen that. He keeps washing with the water, and then all of a sudden, boom, a bigger flash of light cuts through his eyes. He keeps washing, and all of a sudden, all of the mud is coming off. And then all of a sudden, the greatest, biggest rush of, and, or wave of light goes through his eyes, 
I, I, I imagine it was painful. I imagine it was scary. He looks around and the world is blurry. And then all of a sudden, after just a few seconds, it becomes clear. And he can see. I just imagine he's sitting there. He, I, can't you, can you see him? Shake your head yes if you can see him. I just imagine he's sitting there and I think he, I think he looks towards the skyline. He's never seen it his whole life. I think he looks towards the sun and he goes, this thing that he's felt in his life, he sees for the first time. He looks around at the city around him that he's only heard and he sees it for the first time. I imagine he looks around and then he looks at his hands and he sees his own hands for the first time in his life. And just beyond it, in the water, he sees himself for the first time. Come on now. I don't know how you envision this, but it says in the story, it should say, I wish it did, that he hop-skipped out of this pool high-stepping. And I believe for the first time in his life, with no inhibitions, not worried about running into something, not worried about tripping over something, he ran with everything he had. And do you know where he went? Somebody tell me. He went to find Jesus He went looking for the man that healed him. But when he got there, back to where his spot, where he always was, when he got there, Jesus was already gone. And said when he got there, can't you imagine this is kind of his part of town or whatever, people are seeing him and they're going, Jim? Sorry, if your name's Jim, I'm sorry. It's just what I went with all week. It's what I thought about all week. That's who he is. Because I can't call him the blind man anymore, can I? I said, Jim, is that you? Jim! Some people are going, no, that's not Jim. Honey, that's not Jim. Oh, it says in the Bible, if you go read this story, that all of a sudden all the people around him began arguing. They were going, no, that's not him. That's just somebody that looks like him. Apparently, he was so changed. And not only, not only was it throwing everybody off that he could see, but I think it was messing people up because this man that they had seen day after day after day all of a sudden had this great big old grin on his face. And it made him unrecognizable. All of the neighbors began to argue, this can't be him. This can't be Jim. Matter of fact, they got so tore up about it that they got the blind man. Sorry, Jim. They got, I'm just going to have to do that because I just feel bad calling him blind now. They got Jim and they said, we got to take him to the experts. Somebody's got to explain this to us. There's no way this could be the same person. So guess where they took him? They took him to the Pharisees. They took him to the Pharisees They took him before and said, hey, this guy, we've known him our whole life. He was born blind. Now he can see. You guys need to find out how this happened. So the Pharisees asked. They said, okay. They said, explain this to us. You were born blind. Yes, sir, I was. And now you can see. Yes, sir, I can. See you playing this day. Nice haircut. <laughs> tell us how that happened. That's what he said. Jim said, tell you what. There I sat, like every other day. And Jesus, this man they're calling Jesus, he came up to me. He rubbed some mud in my eyes. He told me to go to this pool and wash. I did it, and now I can see Pharisees go, no way, no way, we don't believe that for a second. Come on now, come on, shoot straight with us. What happened? What healed you? He said, guys, I'm telling you, that's what happened. They said, well, I will tell you right now, that's impossible. Because if Jesus did this, then he healed you on the Sabbath, and we know God wouldn't allow that because that's a sin. 
So, uh, so that can't be true. They said, this guy's a sinner. God wouldn't use him. Because, you know, they didn't like Jesus very much. They said, what did you think of him? Jim said, uh, I think he's a prophet. I think he's something different. They said, all right, all right. This, we're obviously getting nowhere with this. We're getting nowhere with this. So the Pharisees went and got his parents. They went and found Jim's parents and brought them in. And they said, all right, parents, you're Jim's parents. Yes, this is Jim. Yes, it is Jim. Are you sure that's your son? Yes, it is. Okay, now, was he born blind? Yes, sir, he was. Well, he can see now. Looks like he can. How did that happen? I don't know. Ask him. That's what's in the Bible, no joke. I don't know. Ask him. Pharisees, they're getting, they just can't believe this. They are just, they are just tore up. They said, all right. Pull Jim back in. Pull Jim back in. You're Jim. Yes. You're born blind. Yes. Now you can say yes. How did that happen? I want you to read this verse with me. Verse 27. Look, the man exclaimed, exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to be his disciples too? Now, I don't know. Maybe he wasn't sarcastic. Maybe he meant that. I mean, that's, maybe that's just me reading sarcasm in it, which would not be unusual. <laughs> but I just feel like it's, you know, but I love, you know what I think it says, though? What I really picked out of that? Blind man said, listen, you're asking me all this. All I know is what I know, and I'm his disciple now. I'm following this guy because he says, do you want to be his disciples too? All I know is what I know. He was completely changed. So what's the takeaway? What is the lesson? Well, I'd like to share it to you, with you. Would you like to know? Jesus' methods may be unusual, but his results are unbelievable. Do you hear me? Jesus' methods may be unusual, but his results are unbelievable. You see, what I believe we discovered in the story is that Jesus often does and asks us to do some unusual things. We may even describe them as weird. Okay? In this story, now I wanted to make sure that you get this. In this story, with no explanation or revelation of his plan to anyone, he used spit and dirt. Two things that you wouldn't describe as good things or obvious tools for healing blindness. He meshed them together and applied them like an ointment to this man's eyes. Then he tells the, this blind man, the blind man, to go for a walk. Past no telling how many buckets of water, how many places he could have washed his eyes. To a specific pool. Are you hearing this? Are you seeing this? Does this seem like, I mean, is this what you imagine as a miraculous healing? Is this, I mean, is this what you would pick out as dirt and spit and blind man go for a walk? Is this what you'd imagine? The blind man had no reason other than maybe the things he had heard to believe that this was going to work. How many, how many years how many things have been tried? How many years has he suffered? 
We had no reason to believe that anything was going to be different. Jesus never promised him anything or said, here's what I'm about to do. He didn't lay out a clear, you know, bulleted plan for the blind man. Hey, you know, here's what I'm going to do. He didn't do that. I guess you could say, as far as the blind man was concerned, the future was as clear as mud. But he chose to follow him. He chose to let Jesus work. And he chose to work with Jesus. And then guess what? Guess what happened? Something unbelievable. The blind man could now see. Darkness became light. Nothingness gave way to vision. Mud became clear. And everyone that knew him said, this is just unbelievable. Isn't that what they said? The experts said what? This is unbelievable. This cannot be true. There's just no way this can be real. Some even said, we just plain to re- refuse to believe that this is what happened. The results were unbelievable. The man was so changed that he was nearly unrecognizable. Can I tell you something? It could be the same for you. I believe with all my heart it's what Jesus wants. I believe it's what Jesus wants to do. When Jesus leads us, guides us, begins working in our lives, or moving to heal us, you know what he's going to do? I guarantee you this is something unusual. He's going to do some things that we would deem unusual. We may not even recognize them as beneficial or helpful. And he's going to ask us to do some things that make absolutely no sense in route to leading us, in route to healing us. How we always view Jesus, don't we? Like like what we would expect. Like in a situation like the blind man is like for Jesus to just hit him in the face in this big bright flash of light. You know what I mean? Like that's what, I don't know. I mean that's what, you know, some, something that makes fire from his fingertips or something. Like, like when we envision it, that's what we envision. We don't think about the dirt. We don't think about the spit. I mean I'm just seeing how many times I can say that in a sermon. But we don't think about it, do we? That's not what you see. That's not what you envision when you're thinking about your healing. That's not what you're envisioning when you're thinking about your battle. What it is that you're facing, what God's plan is for your life, how he's going to move you, how he's going to work in your life. That's not what you envision. But that's who Jesus is. That's what he does. He's going to do something unusual, and he's going to ask you to do some things that are unusual. We expect some sort of plan. We expect the steps to be laid out before us. We expect to be able to react Accordingly. You ever heard that saying? React accordingly. You know what I mean? We have all these ways that we react or that we respond to things, and we expect to be able to do that. When we experience fear, normal is to run. Right? Scared of something, what do you do? I mean, spiders, I run. Okay? More serious things in my life, I've ran from. Or at least avoid it. 
right? When we experience fear, normal is to run, normal is to avoid it. Jesus said, let's face it, that's unusual. When we experience pain, normal is to quit, right? When we experience pain, normal is to quit, normal is to stop. But hit the big pause button. You know what Jesus says? He said, let's keep moving forward. That's unusual. When we experience great loss, normal is to become bitter. Jesus said, let's find peace. Let's find joy. That's unusual. When we have enemies, normal is to hate them. Right? Jesus said, let's love them. It's unusual. When we have an embarrassing secret, normal is to hide it. Put it in the darkest place we can. Jesus said, let's shed some light on it. Let's get through it. When we've been wounded, normal is to retaliate. Wound them back, right? Jesus says, forgive them. That's unusual. When we find ourselves in a fight, Jesus said, hit your knees and pray. When life looks completely uncertain or maybe even just bleak, the horizon is as dark as as possible. Normal is to try to figure it out. Normal is to try to fix it ourselves. And Jesus says what? Trust me. That's unusual. Jesus isn't usual. And most likely he's going to tell us to do the very opposite of what we feel like our reaction should be. He's going to guide us differently than we imagined. He's going to use things that we never expected. Most of the time, we may not even see or understand the things he is doing. We may not, we may not see how he is leading us to healed or recovering or to changed. Probably won't be easy. It probably won't be comfortable. It will truly be unusual. But if we follow where he leads and we do what he instructs us to do, and we allow him to work in us, do you know what's going to happen? Something unbelievable. Something unbelievable. The people around us the community, the spectators, to them it will be unbelievable. It will be so astounding, so mesmerizing that they will, they'll just look and go, there is no possible way that is real. There is no way that happened. They'll say things like, I cannot believe that that is the same person. They'll say, I cannot believe how that family has come together. I cannot believe that they survived. I can't believe how strong their marriage is now. I can't believe they overcame their addiction. That's the kind of thing they'll say. Somebody please say amen to that. I can't believe God healed them. I can't believe how much they love one another. 
I can't believe how changed they are. That's what people will say. I believe with all of my heart that that's what Jesus wants to do for you. His ways will be unusual. His methods will be unusual. But his results will be unbelievable. I'm telling you, some of us right now, I know, you feel like you're walking and you can't see a thing and you've got mud all in your eyes. And it's as dark as it can be. But I'm telling you, he wants to take you to unbelievable. So what do you do? What's your part? Work with him. Just work with him. The last few weeks, well, we've prayed, haven't we? I'm telling you, Ronnie's told us over and over and over to pray. Pray with our spouses. Pray with our kids. Pray with one another. Pray as a church. Pray with your group. I mean, that's what he said, right, Lynn? Let me tell you this. Do what he tells you to do. If Jesus is leading you in some way, if he's speaking to you, if he's put people around you, godly people that are giving you counsel, I'm going to tell you this, man. Let him work in you and do what he says to do. Cooperate with him. The path to unbelievable is with Jesus. But we've got to work with him. And let him take mud in your eyes. Let him do that. If he asks you to do something that makes absolutely no sense, but you know it's God, you know it's him, do it. Listen to him. That's the choice we have in our own battles, our own struggles. When we're encouraging others, let's do what he tells us to do. Let's work with him. I'm telling you people, they, the world around us, will not believe what happened. They won't believe it. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this morning. I thank you for each and every person that's here this morning, God. And I just pray this. I pray that we'll continue to pray, that we'll continue to be the church that you want us to be, that we will pray for one another, we'll pray, hit our knees in our own struggles and our own battles, and we'll pray that we will do all of the things, that we will be unusual, we will face the things that are difficult to face. We'll fight. I just pray this. Don't let us be caught off guard when it's something unusual. When your healing, your movement comes through something that we don't understand. Don't let us be surprised. Let us see it and go, you know what? I think that might be my Jesus working. I think that might be him doing something. Help us to trust you. Help us to do what you ask us to do. Give us the strength to walk blindly, if that's what we have to do, to walk blindly to to, to where you've asked us to go, to where we 
experience on the other end something that nobody else could ever possibly describe. A light so bright, a future so incredible that people will look and go, man, I cannot believe how happy they are. How much joy they sing there. How much love they sing there. They're so changed. It's like I'm looking at a different person. That's what I pray for this church. I pray that for the families of this church, the families of this church that are hurting. But God, I pray as a, as a church, as a whole, that that's what we will see. We'll walk arm in arm in there. Glorifying your name and what you've done and how you've worked. And when they ask us how we got there, we'll say,